Today on Locked On Red Wings, in the fourth attempt at a cold open, we are going to talk about the Athletics' poll of the best front offices in the NHL, as well as Prashant Iyer's question of who is going to be in the Detroit Red Wings' ring of honor. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome Nicely back. done. Nicely Thank done. You. Proud of you. It took Proud literally you, four tries. That was good, man. Literally four tries. Happy but Friday, everybody. There. Happy Friday. That's the Friday mentality. Let's be honest. That is. That is. <laughs> Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. And Scotty is the host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode, we're going to talk about the best front offices in the NHL, voted by you, hockey fans, because the Athletic <laughs> hosted a survey. I was going to say you, the listener, which I guess technically the listener too, but they might not have participated. But. Uh, the Athletic posted a survey of, you know, asking the readers of the Athletic to vote on the best front offices in the NHL, grade the front offices in the NHL, and uh, the Red Wings are ranked pretty high up there. It's also it's not necessarily best. It's it's the I mean it. it I mean it's, it's ranked in the same category as best, but it's technically it's like it's I think it's confidence and trust in your front yeah. office is I believe like the, and like, obviously the best ones are going to have the most trust, but little bit of a, of a different. Your wording know, makes more sense. Cause that's, it's truer to what it is. It's, it literally says front office confidence rankings. It, right. It's how the people in the NHL, how the fans in the NHL feel confidence wise in each individual team. And the Red Wings rank pretty high up there. And then also we're going to talk about uh, Prashant Iyer posted a question on Twitter the other day and I asked him and he's okay with us using it as a topic of course um who is in the Detroit Red Wings ring of honor ring of honor being players who were very good and notable in the Red Wings organization but just weren't right what weren't weren't yeah weren't no, quite there <laughs> it's that Friday mentality <laughs> weren't quite there to have their numbers hung in the rafters um we're gonna start first off at the front office thing Oh, I don't know how to recover from this, Scotty, but we're going to try. We're going to try. Yeah, are you are you good, man? So, yeah, the Red Wings were ranked third based on what the fans voted in the NHL in confidence in their front office. And uh, first and foremost, makes sense. Colorado Avalanche got an A+. They just won the Stanley Cup. It makes perfect chan- perfect sense that they would be ranked as high as they are. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning came in at second with A-plus as well. Also makes sense. Back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. Back-to-back-to-back Stanley Cup final appearances. That makes perfect sense. But then third is where the Red Wings rank in this with a solid A. And we have the complete breakdown of this. But, Scotty, I know you have the article up in front of you. What are a little bit of what they're saying about the Red Wings as far as confidence-wise? So there's in the article, uh, it's written by uh, Dom Dom at the Athletic, as most people call him. I I'm just now realizing I've never actually tried pronouncing his last name, but he's a phenomenal, 
follow on Twitter. And he used to just go by Dom at the Athletic because <laughs> he's got a heck of a, heck of a last name on him. But uh, the NHL writer for the Athletic, very, very good follow. Um, so he, the first, whatever, three or four paragraphs are just quotes from people that took the survey and whatnot. And it's, it's all Red Wings fans that are just, you know, I trust Stevie Y with my life, basically. <laughs> and like, I would die for him. Like, it's very, very, uh, honestly, aggressive passion towards Iserman. But um, Dom writes, Steve Iserman can do no wrong, which to some apparently includes the signing of a gargoyle statue. Because one of the, <laughs> one of the quotes literally says, if Stevie Y signed a gargoyle statue to play for the Red Wings, I would have the utmost confidence that the statue would develop a strong two-way game and I would buy his jersey. So <laughs> you, you have that. Um, but he says, I respect that level of trustworthiness and I am always amazed at how well Detroit scores in these rankings. Wings fans love Iserman and have the utmost faith in his vision for the future. The cachet he earned building the lightning definitely helps with that, obviously. Um, then he talks about Moritz Sider a little bit. I don't want to read the whole thing because, um, you know, go, go subscribe to go, the go actually, right. <laughs> Support. Um, but he, I mean, he talks about Moritz Sider. He talks about Lucas Raymond, um, dessert talks about just Eiserman deserving a, a lot of credit for the way the team looks right now. And, and at this point it's almost all Eiserman guys. I mean, outside of Larkin, um, Virtues, it's, yeah. It, it's almost like an entire roster of Iserman guys at this point. So, um, yeah, and then just ends it with Iserman has done a strong job job so far, but the hard part is then future, which is obviously very true for any GM. But um, I don't know if you on your end have like all the gradings and the rankings. I do, for, but I, I also think, don't okay. want to. I don't want to go go subscribe to the Athletic people. I yeah, don't yeah, yeah, for sure. Give for out sure. free information. It, it just the the wings come in at third. Um, and, and they split it up into public and fan base. And the fan base was almost all A's. There was a couple of A minuses mixed there. They broke it down into roster building, cap management, draft and development, trading, free agency, vision, and total. Um, so the fan bases, uh, I'll just give you the total. The fan base's total was an A, and it was the second highest out of all the teams. And the public's total in the wings was fourth highest and was still an a um so that averages out to getting third and that's also third for the second year in a row the detroit red wings after an even worse year last year finished third in front office trustworthiness so it just again goes to show you and reiterates how much faith everybody has in eiserman and that all of his dudes in the front office he has with him well and let's let's too also talk about the fact that the lowest grade the public gave was a b plus I mean, the, yeah, the, the lowest so grade any the fan base would, or the lowest grade period given was a B plus. You expect the fan base poll to obviously be super biased because it's Red Wings, it's Steve Eiserman, and you see his track record as a player and as a GM speaks for itself. Red Wings fans are nutty for Steve Eiserman. We are nutty for Steve Eiserman, but the public also reiterates a lot of that with the lowest grade being a B plus. So. It comes down to the question is, Scotty, do you think that this is accurate? Do you also believe that third is fair for a team that was eighth worst in the league last year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll play into it. Like I, I have the utmost confidence in, uh, in this front office. I think, 
even more so than like everybody looks at the lightning and just goes oh look what he did that can be us one day like that that's super easy to do and that's totally justified for the first you know year or two that that he came over but at this point just look at what he's done with the wings we don't even have to look at the lightning anymore we can just look in front of our our faces and see the roster that he took over versus the roster going into opening night this fall is is that's a that's a massive 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 improvement and a massive step in the right direction and um yeah i I think i'm totally pro us being ranked third and the only two people above us are the tampa bay lightning who were first last year and second this year and the Colorado Colorado Avalanche, who were second last year and first this year. Yeah. So I'm totally – I mean, that's <laughs> sounds good to me. Being up there with those two teams sounds good to me. And, uh, I mean, I, I agree. I think that they are properly ranked for what it's worth. Um, but I've seen – I have seen some people push back. One namely be Prashant Iyer, and he was very clear. He's like, you know, I think they're doing a phenomenal job, but he thinks we're – that people are giving the Red Wings too much credit. And we're giving Prashant Iyer a lot of credit on today's episode, uh, evidently. But, and one of the things he brought up is, you know, we, we're we giving them an A when the Red Wings haven't done anything yet. And to Prash- what Prashant was saying was that the Red Wings have done the easy part of the rebuild so far. They've done, teared, they've torn things down, cut people from the roster, and then drafted a bunch of people. In his eyes, that's the easy part. So to give them an A already is a little bit, um, overzealous. And I understand that. And I, I'm going to respond with how I feel about that. But first, I do have to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're talking about the uh, rank, front office rankings, front office confidence levels of every NHL team. Red Wings came in third with an overall grade of an A among all NF, or NHL front offices. And uh, Prashant Iyer was a little bit more, I'll say, uh, careful with giving that much credit to a team that's, you know, still finally about to come on the upswing. And I understand where he's coming from. But the reason why I disagree with saying giving that we're giving them too much credit is this basically serves as a progress report. It's asking how much confidence do you right now have in the job that they've done? It's not asking about how easy of a job that they've had. It's asking wh- how do you feel confidence levels-wise of what they've done to this point. I think that Steve- everything that Steve Eisenman has done, and I've said this before, has either been a net positive or a net zero move. And I think that is why he gets an A. You talk about the what he has done, even if it's the easy part of the rebuild, it's been nothing but success. The first thing Eisenman did, draft Moritz Sider. People called it a reach. Here we are, Calder Trophy winner. You know, he gave up a second for Letty. That ended up being too much. He got a second back when they traded him at the deadline. Some of the players he took a flyer on that didn't work out. He let go. There was no harm done. Brendan Perlini is the prime example. He didn't work out. They let him go. Some players did work out, or at least were until injury, like Robbie Fabry, but you can't predict injury. So 
everything that Steve Eiserman has done has warranted the grade that he has gotten, in my opinion. And not obviously everything that Prashant is saying is very valid. It's I understand where he's coming from, and it's a valid opinion to have. But it's a progress report of how they've gone up to this part point. And what Prashant also says is that this is the first offseason Eisman's had to really do anything. And on that regard, he's completely right. This is the first real offseason where Eisman's had to make moves that are imperative to the future of the right. roster, to this core, by signing big-name free agents. And he did that. And obviously now we'll find out how these moves transpire. But that's a problem for next year's report card. Next year, we'll know if some of these players are effective. But the con- everyone is saying that the contracts that the Red Wings have signed, every single one, if you look at the evolving hockey prediction model, have come in undervalued, which is fantastic. Even Ben Chirot, who we are critical of, for the term he has gotten, all the models saying we underpaid him, which is great. So everything he's done, even though this is the first offseason where Steve Eiserman has really had anything to do, it's been good. Now we'll find out, like I said, we'll find out if it'll remain looking good in the future. We can't predict the future, but that's a problem for next year's progress report. Yeah, uh, my biggest thing is I I think the conversation from this point is what has to happen from now and August 18th, 2023 to maintain a top three position. Yeah, I, I think... If, I, I think that's a fascinating conversation. Like, what does he have to do? Well, maybe not maybe not Eisman specifically. What does this team have to do? Compete for a wild card spot. That's what I'd say. Even if you yeah, don't even I, if you I, fall short of a wild card spot, if you're in that mix, I think then yeah. Sure. So I, I think that helps for sure, but it also that is another draft, another free agency as well. And even if they aren't necessarily like the best team to miss the postseason or whatever. If there is, man, I'm so, I want us to be good again so bad. I know, I, right? Just give me something in this dang city. Um, But I, I think that, I think that it, even if he falls short of the postseason this upcoming year and, and like falls short enough where there wasn't ever really a threat to make it, I think with another really good draft, and another free agency period that gives people a lot of hope. He could still find his way in there. And then 2024, like, I don't want to keep pushing the goalposts back and or not. That's actually the wrong analogy. I don't want to keep pushing the finish line back. Like, I don't want to keep pushing the like, Oh, if we just kick the can down the road, like we can never disappoint us. Like, I, I don't want to be that much of a Homer, but at the same time, this was this was a total and complete rebuild, and, and I, I don't want it rushed either, I guess. No, I, I completely agree. I, I think I don't want to rush it either, but at the same time, I kind of do want to rush it, but that's just like the – I want us to be competitive. No, again. the fan like, like in me wants us to be good today. Like, yeah, the, the it, fan a, in me. And I don't mean rush it. Like, I'm done tanking. Like, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't even care. It could be – Connor McDavid 2.0, Eric Bedard could be. I, I, I don't, I don't care. Like that's, yeah. that's out of my. I, I don't care about tanking anymore. I, I don't where this team is at. I think we should be going up. Um, but I, I, I just mean in the sense of like again with these rankings, when you're looking at what we are going to be ranked next year. I don't know. It, it's just it's 
it, I, I don't think that we should plummet if we don't make the postseason this year is, I guess, my point. No, and I wouldn't – I still – to expect a postseason berth I think is a bit much, especially in the stacked yeah, division that we Correct. are. In fact, the entire Eastern Conference is absolutely stacked. But to expect the Red Wings to compete for a playoff spot I think is a fair is a fair expectation. So if you fail – to even compete, then it's fair to see that progress report drop in the rankings. But if they compete for a playoff spot, I mean, I think that's right on course for what they're trying to do. I mean, Steve Eisman has said it himself. You know, this is a team that's trying to compete. So I, I think that that's, that's right in there and, and, and how to keep that and maintain that ranking. For sure. I, uh, I also realized I said Eric Bedard. Eric Bedard was a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. I didn't like, even catch it. I just hear like, Bedard. In like 2009, um, played for the Astros a little bit at the end of his career as well. Had one good year in Baltimore where he was actually like close to top of the league in strikeouts. Connor Bedard is, in fact, the top pick there you go. In, in next year's draft. So that's uh, that's getting my, my wires crossed. That's on me. But it's um, all good, man. The point still remains. I, I think that I, I'm. I kind of expected us to stay really high. I'm wondering what the fan base's reaction will be and if it'll still all be sunshine and rainbows if we're not super – like in the last two months of the season, if we already know we're not making the postseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, and then let's move on to the next thing, which is the Red Wings Ring of Honor. Uh, Prashant Iyer asked this question the other day. Uh, if out of the players who – just fall short of having their numbers hung, but are still among the Red Wings, like most notable players in history. Who would you induct into the ring of honor? And Scotty, there's a long list. And Prashant himself, the man who posed the question has a really honestly long list. And I agree with all of them. In fact, I, I just, I'm going to list off his list, give him full credit yeah, yeah. because it's, it's a very, very good. Uh, he says, Pronovost, Ullman, Larianov, Pavlik, Kozlov, Brandon Shanahan, Vladimir Konstantinov, Kirk Maltby, Bob Probert, Darren McCarty, Larson, Osgood, Draper, Nick Cronwall, Thomas Holmstrom. Those are guys that Prashanth would induct into the Red Wings Ring of Honor. And I don't disagree with a single one of those players. How could you? I was yeah, gonna come either. I was gonna come on here and be like, everyone who played for the grind line, that's all on here. Nick Cronwall. Thomas Holmstrom. These are all guys who had insane Probert's impact. For the Red must, by the oh, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So is Pronovos and Ullman. I mean, yeah. these guys. Oh, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I truly think uh, pretty much everyone he said is spot on. Yeah. And, you know, these are guys who had major impact on the Red Wings during their successful years, whether, you know, that be a long time ago or now. But especially these guys who played on the 90s. And I think, you know, Konstantinov, if – he had played his entire career. He could have very well ended up with his number being hang hung. For sure. But the question also becomes, is there anyone on this, not on this list that you would include? Cause I'm hard pressed. I'd almost want to include Dominic Hostick also. And I know he had several stints to the Red Wings, but I mean, he for was sure. there for two of the Stanley cups, the Red Wings one. And he's also arguably one of the best goalies of all time. Do you include someone like Dominic Hostick, despite not playing long stretches with the Red Wings, but several stints instead in that ring of honor? So 
I say yes, and only because, like, in my eyes, that's the greatest goalie to ever live. And, like, he played for the Detroit Red Wings. I don't care how long. Like, the greatest of all time at a position, played for your hockey team, and won rings for your hockey team. I, I, I would put him in there, absolutely. Was Ozzy on that list? He was. that's an interesting – okay, so that's, that's an interesting conversation, too. We've talked about that um, before, about – Kind of, I don't know, this was a few months ago we did, you know, some of the best players to not have their number retired or not I be in the we, Hall of Fame. Not be Best Red Wings to not be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And Ozzy was was an interesting discussion. So I, I think he, yeah, he certainly be, de- deserves to be in there. But I, I again, for my money, Hasek, I, I think is, is absolutely, really, I don't even think it's really a debate in my head. Well, and another player, too, that I'm just realizing he left on the list. He listed one number 24 in Bob Probert, but there's another notable number 24 that's not on his list and i would add chris chelios onto that list chris chelios played over a decade with the detroit red wings and he was a crucial member of you know not so much in the last few years but he was a very big member of that defensive core so i think that chris chelios i I would absolutely without a doubt put in to the uh red wings ring of honor yeah i I mean there's 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 a few man there there really is um and, and the interesting thing going forward then would be uh, like as more and more people from that core either go elsewhere or, or like even more and more retire or whatnot, um, could that list even be added to? Like, I, I don't know. Like there's uh, – I don't know. That's probably a stretch. That's probably a stretch. I was going to say – I was going to say like let's just mess around and throw Helmer in there. But like Helm <laughs> probably – probably not. Uh, that's careful, probably a careful, bit. careful. You're going to upset certain listeners. I know. I know. That's probably uh, – Just an ablocator. A little – Abby's definitely one too. Like they're, Really? You know, they're, I, I, I don't no, know. No, no, no. Definitely one that's a – that. I mean a conversation. I didn't oh, mean like definitely okay. should be on the list. I was joking. Um, so <laughs> – no, no, no. I, I, I meant just like in that same category that I was referring to. That's all. Like there's a, I think there's like tiers, I guess is my point. There's like the, the slam dunk guys. And then there's, there's like B tier, C tier, not in the okay. sense of like talent, but just, you know. Well, let me ask yeah. you this too. Brett Hall. Mm-hmm. He played a few years with the Red Wings. Won a Stanley Cup is in the Hall of Fame. All time great despite the fact that he only played a few years with the Red Wings, do you put him in that ring of honor? I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> like, I know I just made the argument for Hasek, but like, I feel like that's even a little different. I don't know. It's, that's really tough. Hmm. Um, but we also have to talk about the other thing. And he intentionally left three names off this ring of honor list. And he, he mentioned it before he let me mention his list. It was Sergei Fedorov. Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. And he left them off his ring of honor list because they, he thinks they should all be retired. And I, Sergey Fedorov's the obvious one, but all three of those, I agree with, I super agree with because, you know, Sergey Fedorov's an obvious one. The, the, you know, regardless of what you think of how he left the Red Wings, what he did for the game, talent-wise, and baby. all the awards he won. And he did play with the Red Wings for a long-ass time. I think that retiring 91 is an obvious conversation. In fact, that a conversation so obvious we don't need to have regard with regards with how much time we have left. But Datsuk and Zetterberg, I think, are a more interesting conversation. I think the easiest one to argue about is Pavel Datsuk. 
Now, he didn't reach 1,000 points. He didn't reach 1,000 games, but he did win two Stanley Cups. He won, I think, three Selkies and four Lady Bings. I think that's a guy who's, and he's got an Olympic gold now. Now, technically, he didn't win it with Russia. He won, he won it with the Russian athletes or whatever they were called in right, the Olympics yeah. because Russia was technically banned. But this is a guy who won a lot of awards with the Detroit Red Wings, and when he played was the best, not one of, but the best two-way forward on the, in the league in his prime. So I think that Pavel Datsuk is now that he's just officially retired from professional hockey is an obvious choice to have his number retired in the NA or with the Red Wings. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think the other guy to obviously Henrik Zetterberg though, is a little bit tougher of a conversation. Now he was captain of the Red Wings and just like Datsuk played his entire NHL career with the Red Wings, but does he have the stats to back up being a retired number. That's the conversation. He won one Stanley Cup. He won playoff MVP, the Consmith Trophy, the year they won the Stanley Cup in 2008. Outside of that, he doesn't really have the hardcore awards in the NHL to warn it. Now, Prashanth makes the argument that you prorate both Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg's stats or era adjusted. They're right up there with the greats. And I completely, I mean, I, I would uh, tend to lean towards agreeing with that sentiment. But does Henrik Zetterberg deserve that honor? I think he deserves his number retired, if that's what yes. you're asking. Yeah, yeah, I do. And like I, I I know that people love to dissect and, and there's a there's a keep the group small crowd, you know, but I I don't know. I, I, I think I think there's no point in going forward. No one is going to wear that number. Yeah. So like, let's just do it. Like, no, no one's going to, no one's just going to like be the fan base is not just going to be okay. If somebody takes that number anytime soon. So let's just do it. Like, what are we doing? Well, and here's the other thing too, is you can't retire dad soup without retiring Zetterberg's number. I feel right. like it's, it's almost as egregious as retiring one Sedin brothers number and not the other, right. not that I they're agree. brothers, but they were referred to as the Euro twins. In the NHL. I mean, they came up in the league just one year apart, both late round draft picks by the Detroit Red Wings. They were 1A and 1B for the Red Wings after, you know, the old guard left and they became the new guard. That was the Red Wings core. So I feel like retiring one without the other is just be a disservice. Not that that's the only reason. And I understand when if you hang Zetterberg's number up there and you compare him to guys like, you know, Gordy Howe and Steve Eiserman, it does feel like there's a little bit of a gap there statistical wise, but it doesn't change the fact what these two players meant to the organization when they were on the second half of their dynasty. I mean, these were two guys who carried the torch out of seemingly nowhere, carried the torch from Steve Eiserman. And you, you think about it, the, the people thought that 2002 uh, that's why they went out there and got the signings that they did, made the signings that they did because their core was aging. And it was like one last hurrah. I mean, that's what 2002 was supposed to be just bulking up because your core is aging and trying to reinforce for one last go. And then you got guys like Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg come in and you have Nick Lidstrom's extended prime because I mean, he won seven Norris trophies after 30, which is phenomenal. That doesn't happen without Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. So I think with you, what you look at, what they did for the Red Wings after the people that retired, retired, I think it's an obvious argument to retire both their numbers in the end. So yeah, in the end, I completely agree with everything Prashanth Iyer had to say. 
all the people she suggested for Ring of Honor and having their numbers retired, I would just tack on probably Dominic Hasek and Chris Chelios as Ring of Honor nominees. Yep, I, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. I think Hasek especially should be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Um. How how do you feel about the Pistons only getting one nationally televised game this year? Uh, I feel that the NBA is going to come to regret it when Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham run up and down the court. Yes, sir. Speak so, on it. I, that's about as much as deep as my basketball knowledge goes, though. So I can't hey, speak on it. No, you nailed it, man. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, all I know is I worked a lot of games at the Little Caesars Arena last year, and Kate Cunningham was electric, and people came to see just him. Um, and now you combine that with Jaden Ivey, who looks like he could, they, they could just, their chemistry together could be phenomenal. I think that the Pistons are absolutely an up and coming team this year. Um, add in Sadiq Bay in there, too, because he can drain threes. It's incredible. Correct. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NHL. Lockdown and experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Lockdown NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Monday probably to clean up our 2022-2023 player predictions. We just got a handful of players left like Stephen Comfer and Giovanni Smith. And Oscar Sundquist, among a couple other guys. We'll, we'll do that on Monday. Uh, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.